Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Soul Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who uh, you guys tune in every single week, and I'm very, very, very grateful. I always say we're the anti-status quo crew, like we're the outliers, we're the ones that are misunderstood. We do everything outside of the box, uh, and you guys, like, you fit into every category. You're artists and innovators and creators and entrepreneurs and creatives and CEOs of your life and businesses and, you know, just the idea that you want to do something different than the way you do it. And I love you for it because that's the whole mantra of the podcast. And we also have a slew of new uh, listeners. So I want to really thank you guys. Each week, I actually keep thanking the new listeners as well as my OGs. You guys have been around for a long time. Um, new listeners, it's nice to meet you. I'm Matt Gottesman. And I've always said that you can reach out to me at any time on Instagram at Matt Gottesman. Um, DM me, text, reply. I reply, respond everywhere I possibly can. That's community, right? And if you're newer here, I want you to understand that as a podcast, we do not glorify, glamorize that end success, that lifestyle entrepreneurship, that anything. This is really about what does success look like to you? That's only a question you can answer. And I constantly pose that to you because it's your life. It's your soul. It's your journey. I can't tell you and nobody else can and nobody else should. And for everybody that comes on the show, we discuss what's happening in real time. Like, what are we learning about ourselves or about, um, you know, something new in what we're trying to bring to life, whether in our business or art or, you know, humanity as a whole, you know, we're in a, experiencing a massive shift uh, consistently and now even more so the last couple of years. So it's an honor to have you guys here and thank you guys for all the ratings and the reviews. It really means a lot. And I have another um, guest today who's a returning guest and she's in the studio and she's a sister, Busy Gold. Uh, she was on, we were just talking about this, like I think a few hundred uh, episodes ago. So she's like an original as well too. Uh, and you know, I'm going to, I'll queue up her bio here in a minute, but she's a serial entrepreneur, author, teacher, wife. Like I said, she's been like a sister. We've been friends for many years now and we're going to be talking. Well, we, <laughs> we, we go on rants sometimes, <laughs> um, you know, in uh, a lot of different directions, whether that's you know, spirituality or creativity or business or um, vision being too early. Um, you know, what's that like? I mean, we had a rant the other day about, you know, what happens when you're like two to three to five years early on things, but you can see it, it's tangible and you know, it's coming and you're like, I need people to understand this and how do I distill it? So people do, and yet they still might ignore it along the way. So, but we're going to be talking about a, a multitude of, of topics today, some of which, you know, not duplicating or copying an industry architecture, right? Um, but instead collaborating with God, with yourself, to see what you truly are supposed to be doing and how you should be doing it. Um, and we'll also talk a little bit about her book, The Tattoo Worthy Brand Book and Prophetic Business Consults and all kinds of different things that have happened and occurred uh, here as she's in another beautiful season of her life. And um, the idea of not duplicating or copying an in industry architecture the thing is, is that, um, and we've spoken about this and I've seen a lot about this, that when you copy others, you're actually tapping into a lot of what may already be their like gifts, their skills, their 
path, their whatever it is that they're bringing in for themselves or that was deemed for themselves, especially um, that they've created and cultivated and with God. Right. And so you have to be careful when you copy or, you know, like replicate somebody else's energy. It'll never be the same, which is also why you have to never worry about people doing it to you either, because <laughs> they will never deliver it to you for the same things. And it actually causes a whole other slew of, of, of things that, you know, we're going to discuss today. But um, real quick, you know, Busy's background, uh, normally I'd say, hey, go to this episode, but it's been a while. So um, she's a serial entrepreneur in the e-com space, author, teacher, wife, as I mentioned, mother, industry disu- disruptor, uh, which is why we get along so well. Uh, we really push the boundaries of people. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, she sees flaws or limitations in existing systems and helps reconstruct that system for the benefit. And uh, she pairs 17 years of business experience with a prophetic gift to help reimagine the consumer-driven, victim-centric systems that ultimately do uh, do not have the best future outcome in mind uh, uh, for humanity. And we get into a lot of conversations about that. Um, she brings future vision to the present moment, uh, alter, pivot, or rebuild outdated systems, business models, collective beliefs. And uh, she believes in God very heavily with the, every cell of her being and places this relationship at the center of everything she does or creates. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, but thank you for coming back, Busy. I appreciate you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I've been waiting, chomping up the bit now for, I don't know, I think maybe it was about five years ago that I was here. Yeah. Right? Actually, it was about four or five years ago. It's been a minute, you know, but... I'm and, fairly certain it was 2017. Pretty sure. Yeah. I think it was like right toward the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, it was right toward the beginning. And... I've always really enjoyed the friendship that you and I have cultivated over the years. And I think both of us have navigated always in similar trajectories, even without being in constant contact with each other. Yeah. And we always end up kind of weaving back to that same place where it's like, oh, you're working on that. I'm working on that. And I think that's very telling about how we're being tapped in and connected to God and allowing God to lead us on this, you know, seemingly meandering path that to some might look directionless or like constant pivots, like, why are you doing that? And then all of a sudden you're doing this. And you and I just have always kind of done this parallel bobbing and weaving that really just shows like we're allowing ourselves to be led by God in the creation of business and really just the creation space overall. Yeah. And let's throw inventing in there as well, too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we, do, we do also vent about... Say some entrepreneurial <laughs> trends or investment trends. I think we've also gone down some rabbit holes. Right. What, what, um, you know, because normally the first question is, you know, a person's background. Um, do you want to talk about what you've been doing since um, we spoke about your other endeavors? And, you know, if you want to speak about what those sure, were and where yeah. you've been since and all that fun stuff. So first. One of the things that's been my main focus really since 2017 has been the break method, which is the company that's having the event that we're grateful enough to have Matt come speak at this weekend. So super excited about that. So break method is an alternative mental health platform. It is primarily based around online trainings. We also do in-person and we're really excited that we just got a contract to bring break method into a behavioral boarding school for teen girls. So really, this boarding school environment is kind of the last stop before juvenile detention, arrest, or some sort of major life event like a suicide attempt and things like that. So we're really excited that we got this contract. They're integrating break method into every single facet of the boarding school. They're 
making the parents of the children take the course as well. So we're really starting to move that forward. Our goal with Break Method is to move beyond being known as just an online alternative to mental health and instead actually really get the modality into the hands of therapists and social workers worldwide. And that's what we're focused on this year. So I would say that takes up about 98% of my time. And then I should mention I'm also a mother of four. So one might might wonder, do the kids take up the remaining 2%? Um, Because as I was doing those numbers, I was like, well, I don't actually know how I do all of it. But essentially, in my lack of free time, I still find the time to do prophetic business counsel because that's actually one of my favorite things to do and i feel like that's where god has me really specifically positioned to lift up and augment entrepreneurs that i think are the next generation that need to be lifted up that might not be attracted to the you know like network marketing the right i'm so adverse to this name that i'm literally not remembering it right now what is it called when you have a group of people and they all kind of work together and help each other network. You know what it's called? Mastermind. Oh yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. every yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. I have little kids, I want to be like Mega Mind. It's not called the Mega Mind. It's the Mastermind. <laughs> so essentially the entrepreneurs that I feel are drawn to the way I work, they would be adverse to kind of being in or of the system that's currently mm-hmm. created right now. Like why would I go to a mastermind and kind of, you know, tell these people I'm going to shake hands with them and I'll rub their back if they rub mine. It's really antithetical to how that person operates in the business space. So (laughs) I'm grateful that God has given me this gift and pathway to help those people because I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have made it far in business and I've had companies bought and sold. I've been able to do multiple e-commerce ventures and kind of replicate the system in different industries. So I have that background. I have the contacts. I have the, you know, the know-how. But I also believe that I have the heart to really help the entrepreneur truly create, not just duplicate, which is why I was so excited when you showed me the segments for the show because this is... I mean, this is kind of my everything, you know, I, the mental health thing is my baby and I, I believe in it so much and I know it's going to change the world, but I also have a heart for helping other people like me because I probably, I wish somebody would have helped me sooner. And instead I just kept doing this thing where it's like, I would try to just be really obedient to the vision that I was getting for how I was to do things. And then, of course, you get into a situation where someone's like, oh, you need to meet with my guy. Right. You know, my guy is going to, you know, help you with all this. And then they sit there and they're like, oh, well, you need to do it this way and this way and this way. And I'm like, well, but that's not the way God showed me how to do it. And early on, I made the mistake multiple times of letting other people kind of get me off the Mm -hmm. vision of what God showed me. And what's so funny, I was thinking about this actually with Booty as a whole. So Booty was one of the first companies that I sold. And... When I first started, like, the brand direction and the writing and all of this, like, it was so exactly as it should have been. And then over time, you actually start to see it take a turn, like, clearly away from who I am, away from what it was supposed to be. And then you see it, like, double back five years later, like, oh, actually, I was right the first time. Yeah. So when all of a sudden there's, like pinks and i'm wearing different outfits and like they're like well you should be more girly you should be more feminine this isn't marketable if you're not xyz it actually started to make me constantly at odds with myself and then it actually made me and i think you're gonna vibe with me on this one it puts you in a position if you're a true creator and true entrepreneur 
it actually puts you at odds with your own brand where you're like, I don't even like what I'm looking at. Like, I don't, this isn't me. I wouldn't write like that. I wouldn't dress like that. I wouldn't talk like that. And next thing you know, you're wanting to disconnect from it because it's like not even you anymore. So, and that was just like the perpetual cycle that I found myself in. Every time someone's like, I've got a guy, they're a great advisor. I'm like, "Mm." so I had to learn the hard way that really, I just wish someone would have been like, you know what? trust yourself yeah go all in on your own vision go all in on god so that's what i really am trying to offer to people is that voice that i wish i had of just being like you know what f the noise you don't need to do it the way the system does it you need to kind of double down on prayer and meditation and really bring exactly forward only what god wants you to bring forward I'm very anti-system, as you know, literally, that's like the, you know, I mean, except for like when we think about processes for our creativity and things like that, but like the system, um, that's where, like, even when you were talking about like mastermind, like there's nothing wrong with, I I like the idea of people getting together to become more, uh, you know, aware of the people, ideas and resources that are available to them out there because, you know, you know, no man's an island, we have to like, you know, all that fun stuff. But when it's used as a tool solely for, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, you know, good old boys, good old girls, like club and all this other stuff, we start to remove the idea of, well, tell me about your, like, talent, what you love to do naturally, and if that's on alignment versus just like, okay, cool, like, you know, now we're just all, you know, well, only, I'm part of this club that I paid $10,000 a year for, and now I can make my six figures. No, no one's ever going to tell me that, six or seven figures or whatever. No one's ever going to tell me that. Are you kidding me? Like that makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, I get, and there's going to maybe be some pushback from some people say like, yeah, but it does give you access to it. I'm like, and that's fine. But love me for already what I'm just really, really good at Mm -hmm. doing. Like I don't have to pay you to prove to you (laughs) that I'm good at it. I'm just good at it and give me like, and let's talk about it. And you know how you'll know if I'm good at it is either my, you know, my experience and reputation or when we talk. You'll, you'll know right then and there. And so I, I love that you brought that up. And then also that, you know, trusting yourself with the brand. Um, I mean, as we grow a brand, we have to delegate. And that's a game of trust. And a tough one. it's a tough one. I'm constantly learning. And I'm in a really, like, interesting season of it. Because it's family. You have to basically, they have to be people that you feel very comfortable with from a character and value standpoint that they're treating it the same way and approaching it the same way and communicating with you and to the like they're the intermediary between you and the world with what you've created or are creating versus so many people who say you know how it's been done or you know how you should this you know should that like don't tell like principles i'm okay with principles surefire way to get me to not listen is to be like you know how the industry standard is right exactly you know and i'm not saying like Certain principles will always be, you know, um, certain great principles in anything from business to athleticism to anything. Like they'll always be there. Like the the the, like the, the, the core stuff, the truth, the truth, the, <laughs> the truth, the truth. And then everything else is bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> you know, that's it right there. So, um, you know, as I had somebody ask me the other day, they're like, you know, say, like, well, they were talking about sales. Like, you know, sales are really tough. I'm like, sales are the easiest thing you could possibly ever do. 
And they're just like, how? I'm like, if you're having to think about it and convince people, you have lost all day long. But if you really understand what it is you're doing and why you're doing it, you're just having a conversation. And then if people like, I don't, you can use us or not use us. I don't really know what else to say, you know? And then, then it's just about the scalability of how do you communicate that in, in mass or for whatever capacity you would like to. But other than that, like, you're not here to convince anybody of anything. You're just here to show whether or not you can help them. <laughs> and essentially what you just described is a major part of the book, the Tashi Worthy brand book, yeah, which is ultimately a 10-step process that is my exact process to duplicate anything. And when I say duplicate, it doesn't mean that the idea isn't original and you know right. created in the genuine way, but really the framework the process, by which yeah. you can actually move any yes. creative idea for anybody through something that actually has a meaningful impact. So to your point, one of the things that you were talking about when you're like, you know, we're talking about kind of the mastermind thing, really the opposite of a mastermind is actually building community, which is what yes, you do, right? thank you. So a mastermind oh, is like a <laughs> kind of codependent, inauthentic community. And again, like, sorry to anyone that's super into masterminds. Part of my frustration with masterminds, and I'm sure there are other people that believe their message or expertise is worthy that kind of has stood on a firm foundation of like i'm not gonna go the mastermind route i'm not gonna go the like pay this gatekeeper to get me into that position route like i want to be i want to make it on my own merit okay so i feel like i've always been that person that's like no i'm like if i'm gonna make it on that podcast i literally was just having this argument yeah. with my business partner this morning if i'm gonna make it on that podcast like i better well make it on that podcast because of the words that are actually coming out of yeah. my mouth. Not because somebody told somebody like, oh, you should do me a favor and get her on that podcast. Like that's, right. that's not something I would even want to participate in. So what happens is masterminds actually kind of create this system by which you can pass all these people that actually have no business often being experts in their field into these positions of power. So yep. now you've got people that are true creators. Really, God is speaking accurately to them. And this is a whole other tangent, but maybe tell me to circle back here. The algorithm and AI is actually working against true creators right now. Make sure you tell me to circle back there because that's a whole separate tangent that we need to go down. So what's happening is this mastermind system is elevating people that are willing to basically play that by the system's rules. In many cases, have a similar sort of look, feel group think, I'll say, even I'll go as far as to say political opinion when it comes to social media. And what we're dealing with is you and I are helping facilitate basically the opposites of these, which to me are the people that are not willing to just play the game to get themselves out of there, out there. They want to be experts on their own merit, on their own words, and they're not going to pay somebody just to lift them up. They want to figure out, hey, like, how do we build a ladder? Can someone show me how to build a ladder? They don't want to have people be like, oh, you step on my back and then I'll step on yours for a second. We, we have people that actually want to get the real truth and the real message out there that is, in my opinion, coming from God. So really what that ultimately boils down to is we've got kind of a battle between what I would consider spiritual intelligence and artificial intelligence. Because right now the algorithm is not prioritizing any of us that no. actually are badasses in our field. We have to have really hive mind and we have to be of that mastermind group. So I guess my bigger question that I would love to dig into today is like, what are we going to do about that? I think we're already doing something about it, but it but it, it's definitely taking... 
it's taking a minute. You know, I, I said last night on my stories, I said it might take, it's my, one of my favorite things I like to, always like to say. It says it might take me a little bit longer because I'm not willing to sacrifice my soul to get there. Amen to that. Always. And um, luckily, you and I also have very special skills and background in um, tech, digital, business, um, you know, driving traffic, all these things, whatever, that we at least know how the system is playing against us. Mm -hmm. So we do know how to, to play, the game. play the game. And so, like, I mean, even for example, and I tell people this all, all the time, I'm like, you know, listen, you know, you can use social media as a mechanism to be like, hey, here's where I'm starting the conversation, but you can move the conversation somewhere else. And that's where community comes into play. And I also, Absolutely. this is where we've talked about in the past, like Web3 and where we're really moving into. And believe me, like, our time is coming, my friend. I know, I feel <laughs> it. I feel time, it in my bones. Our time <laughs> is coming because in I this new it. world that we are moving into, community, not hot, like, not that mastermind, you know, uh, and not that, um, and not even just mastermind, but like all these other, we're seeing resistance testing already what's happening when like it basically it it thrives very short term and uh, fails very short term all at the same time we're seeing it like rise and fall very fast yeah. in so many different ways but which sorry because yeah, i just no, no, realized no. i never actually finished my thought on this one so the whole reason it is the tattoo or the brand book is because yeah. you can't get rid of a tattoo once it's on there i mean you right. might be able once to you know. try your lasering but right. i mean there's always going to be a scar deep down you'll always know it was there yeah so the whole idea behind the tattoo worthy brand book is that you're building something that can withstand anything yeah i even go deeply into how to actually build your company or fortify your company mm -hmm. and yourself personally to be able to navigate cancel culture yeah. because unfortunately like that's 80 percent of my business coaching right now is yeah. like help i'm basically like a a version of a pr rep but specifically for cancel culture and the keys really are like going into kind of what structure we've been talking about that's really mentioned in the book. To your point about sales, there's a very specific way that you have to get clear on who you are, what problem you solve, how you speak about that problem. Is the way you're articulating that problem and solution going to actually resonate with your target audience? Because I think a lot of people really struggle with the concept of target audience. So right. when they're like, it's so hard to sell, it's like, bro, you don't have the right audience or you're right. not even, right. or you're not targeting niche enough. People right. always have that misconception, like the broader net I cast, the more fish I will catch, right. which really ultimately, especially in the digital space, does not work. So really this whole system is like getting clear on those things and then how to actually turn customers into community. That's like of the 10 step yeah. process. That's like step five, it's super critical. And then how to fortify the business for all the cancel culture pieces because it doesn't matter who you are at some point, even if you think you're writing an opinion that's very vanilla, if you're actually who you think you are, people are gonna try to cancel you. You know, the the funny thing about cancel culture too, just watching how um, there were a lot of, a lot of, um, People like big businesses and people we were watching make such extreme pivots um, to appease to the masses. And um, a couple of people asked me my opinion about it, and I said, Well, maybe they weren't doing something they should have been doing from the very, very start. Mm -hmm. My brand has always been exactly what it's been, all my brands. It's always been in like that idea of um, like, inclusive and all culture and all like like i never because the idea was never about you know 
um, this men's group and that female boss babe group and this thing and that thing and this thing and this and separating and separating and separating and separating and separating. It's never been that way. It's mm-hmm. always been like in totality of who are you as a fucking human being? Let's I, I can't tell you what to do. I can't convince you. See, that's the other thing is too with platforms. I think we've talked about this before. People say like, oh, I'm sure I'm sure. Why didn't you go off on this thing and go off on that thing? And I'm like, first of all, are you asking me to play God? Mm. And they're like, what do you mean play God? Like, no, you can have an opinion. I'm like, I have what I'm learning, but I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. Because if I try to, con- I mean, we can have a voice on certain things and people can ask me like what my opinion is. And I, then I'm, I'm happy to like to talk openly. But even then, it's like I, I'm not if I'm not coming at a place of trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm just trying to use my brain. I say, listen, like there's a lot of information that's coming at us. If you absolutely believe everything that's coming at you, I would seriously question that. You know, and then finding ways to connect with the audience and ways of making them think like, well, OK, did your brother ever lie to you when you were children? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did your boyfriend or girlfriend ever maybe cheat on you when you were in high school or like or like tell you a lie or if they like, oh, absolutely. I'm like, but media means everything that they say to you. Like so we can go back and forth between micro and macro with people in mm-hmm. conversations. And I've been able to kind of navigate them to like you guys like what's happening is we're all at basically having emotional episodes publicly. And that's really what's happening. And depending on where we're at in our journey of our, you know, of our emotional well-being or whatever it is or what season, that's what's being communicated micro and macro. And going back to the algorithm, the algorithm actually prioritizes this. Outbursts. Outbursts. And division. It not only condones this behavior, it actually will boost who's able to see you if you are essentially trying to cancel or argue with people with an opinion that it deems to be on yeah. the right side. Right, right. Which is not the right side, by the way. Right. Yeah. It's well, up is down, <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I find it really interesting that at this point in time, what I'm really looking at is like we've got, and it's the whole concept of the talk this week for a break, for a break live event. Right. Which is the whole weekend is called the other side Mm -hmm. and i really feel like we are at this turning point in a variety of areas of life right like how we deal with community how we organize in neighborhoods how we look at and deal with our health our food right like there's so many things that have been called into question over the last two years that maybe the average person wouldn't have thought about before that now we're kind of in this new process of maybe for most of us starting to feel like a little bit of calm after two years of upheaval and uncertainty. But I think a lot of people, especially that have that like deep guttural feeling or have any trust issues whatsoever, are not really trusting this new kind of calm that's kind of sneaking in the back door. And you're like, what is this? This doesn't feel right. right." What that is, is an opportunity for us to say, what are we actually going to build from here? What are we going to co-sign? What are we going to allow? And what actually are we willing to stand against right. at this point in time? Because I think a lot of people found themselves in a place where things happen that they never would have thought could happen. Or even people found themselves in situations where they even made family members and friends feel like idiots. Like, I can't believe you would believe that. And then two years later, they're like, plot twist. Right. You were right. I was wrong. Right. That takes a lot for me to say. So how do we get to the other side? Yes. And I keep getting visuals that God's been showing me of like, we're literally on a threshold. And part of what 
I'm doing a whole talk about on Sunday is there's a passage in the Old Testament about how God basically punishes threshold jumpers. And I was like, all right, I'm unpacking this so much this weekend. So if you think about a threshold jumper, right, we need to kind of go back and say, well, what happens on a threshold? When we're on a threshold, right, we're going from the old to the new. Often we're going through a test to get to the new. We're trying to level up. We're increasing intensity, right? We're, We're reaching some sort of maximum intensity where we're able to go into the next thing. But also, this is where the groom carries the bride across the threshold, right? Like they literally are starting a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch in the spiritual realm that actually takes place when you're crossing a threshold, which as you know, in Judaism, that's why we keep a mezuzah outside the door. So God's making it really clear that like literally this weekend, like this moment is a threshold by which we have the opportunity to say like, okay, am I willing to actually plant my feet in the ground listen to what God has actually asked me to do. Not what's easy, not what's part of the group think or not what's going to make like, you know, my family members or my friends or my job like me, but what is actually being asked of me in this moment where I'm I'm crossing over into something that is going to quite literally create the next iteration of the world. So listen up for those of you that are actually creatives in the business space, like what makes creating life any different? Right. Right. Like what makes creating anytime someone's like, oh, I'm not into politics. It's like, how could you just like it's such a huge part of our existence. There aren't as somebody that has the ability to basically take ideas or concepts from literally the immaterial world and actually turn them into things, physical objects, businesses, logos, branding. You have that gift of ideation and creation. Mm-hmm. And right now, God's actually asking you, like, use that in all systems, like not just in your business, not just in your art, right? Like this is a call to everyone that has this gifting and ability to cross the threshold and not just be like, oop, all this is uncomfortable, right? That's the threshold jump where you're like, I don't really want to, I don't want to step on the hard part. Yeah, no, we're rebranding society. Yes, we really <laughs> are. Humankind is being rebranded at an all-time high. There's a lot of stuff that you said in there that I, I of course, resonate with. Uh, again, I was asked a while ago about, well, like, back to that whole, like, why aren't you, you know, the, the fight to, to convince people? I'm like, there's enough people giving the information. And everyone said, okay. And I'm like, is anybody talking about what happens after they have the information and they're waking up? and they're, and they're Or they're trying to start stepping more into... Where do we go from here? And I was on uh, I was on a podcast with a, a very good friend of mine, and she's like, "That's you know, it's a decent point." I said, "That's where I'll be playing," which is what you're doing. Which is like now that we're and that's, rebranding, by the way, why we're always so many years ahead. Yeah, we're like, listen, yeah. you guys are still here. We're like six years ahead of time, <laughs> so let us help you because yeah. this is where we're gonna go. Yeah, it's that it's that you know, and, and she got it too, and it, it's the same you know, but it's that idea of like we're um, because once we start moving in that direction more as a whole what is possible how do you you know or like how do you break from the patterns that might have like be you know because an old system can easily tug on you while you're operating in a new system Absolutely. that's also just in even in just seasonal changes right and so it's interesting to like when you're doing something in an old system even like what happened when you said where you were doing something right and then all of a sudden like an old system brought you back 
to like moving away from something you knew you were doing when you're doing it right mm-hmm. and like oh wait 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 well because like yeah. a system agitator will be like don't you want to trust this other guy why yeah would you, right. why would you trust yourself right right isn't that like whether in, it's like an agent smith sort of effect yeah right? yeah yeah exactly you're literally like breaking out of the, the matrix devil. you're like woo this is great <laughs> and then satan's like don't you want to call that advisor right right now you want to call that advisor right but here's the crazy thing and this is what we're digging into like so deep this weekend people don't really realize Obviously, some do. I'm not going to generalize and be like, mm. nobody gets this. Right, right. <laughs> Especially your audience. So let's just say normies, for the most part, don't get this. So systems are actually created to organize chaos. Yeah. So the position that we've gotten ourselves in as a collective is that whatever you believe the like top power group is, whether that's a multinational corporation right. or a family bloodline, hey, Satan himself... How would that sort of organization, if you looked at it in terms of like mergers and acquisitions, right? If you turn this into a very like businessy mm-hmm. scenario and you make it real practical, you would have those key players create a very specific type of chaotic chaotic experience so that they actually get to create the system to be like, oh, well, here's your life raft, mm-hmm. right? People aren't really looking for this example where it's like they actually create the very chaos that we're experiencing in such a way that they already know based on human psychology we're going to have a knee-jerk reaction where it's like oh well that's so scary obviously we need this controller obviously we need this so really systems actually are an emotional knee-jerk reaction that was very much patterned and known ahead of time before they even instigated the chaos so that we would actually come running to them and be like oh won't you please save us with the system that's ultimately actually the worst thing possible for us well there's also system jumping too oh yeah right and i'm even seeing some that are like decently sovereign but then like they'll easily apply one of the other systems and they're thinking somewhere else and i'm like oh oh, wait no but you're like a crypto advocate but then like now you're using it where it's like you know, see how this thing applies to this thing, but that's actually crossed over with another system. And so like, you're now kind of, you know, but you were against these systems over here that were saying these things, but then like you're actually incorporating these other systems over here. It, it's, it's like you, if you're going to be out of the systems, out of the quote unquote matrix or whatever you want to call it, you got to be out of like all of it, right? Like Which all, is all of why it. Why one of the answers that we will inevitably get to this weekend is that really the only way to do that is to actually pinpoint every single yes. area where you emotionally are being instigated to essentially assume and conclude and behave in such a way that you don't even realize your brain's like, oh, cool, this would work so well there. But you're not actually taught how to feel the idea coming and been like, no, no, I know what that is. That's my brain trying to take this thing and make Mm -hmm. it like this, but that would make this no longer new. So the whole idea as to showing you that intro video, it's like, how do we actually become a truly new creation? Mm -hmm. It means that we cannot allow any old pieces or fragments or things that are expired to move forward and we have to know how those ideas are going to present themselves as something different or something opposite or find a way to have our brain justify or rationalize like oh well it's different enough or like it's a different it's a different sector you know because that's really what's going to end up i think biting us on the butt if we're not careful we don't address the ways in which our brain will kind of make excuses and justifications for why we can carry something old into the new. Well, and we're also now having to explain, because beforehand it was saying like, oh, you just, you know, tap into your intuition. 
Well, a lot of people without any, you know, extra information around that, you know, and the laziness factor can kick in or just the unknown or uncertainty factor can kick in. Boom. System kicks right back in. So the idea of, of helping people say, listen, we have to really focus on an, the internal, you know, your relationship with yourself, that voice, that, that, that gut knowing, that instinct, and God. And then the answers that like, are constantly being validated from the external will dissipate and everything you need will like now, you know, come through you and actually into the world much more succinctly and with and with in tune with it with everybody else then it's like a different cr type of creation and creativity Absolutely. and and so I, I, that's why i love the fact that you're focusing more on that versus this idea of um you know just like you're saying with the masterminds you're saying with like this external thing or this business or this is how it was done and all these things it's like but i've always first of all i've always questioned like well just because it's always been done that way doesn't necessarily mean that it should be or that it even you know it may work within a set, certain set of principles that aren't even aligned with real principles or values or ethics or any of this other Which stuff. Which is why it wouldn't really yeah. work with a real, true, like, right. God-given creator and entrepreneur right. and innovator. It just wouldn't. Right. And so... They, they, would, they would be disgusted by the whole system. Yeah. Well, and that's... Uh, so that, you know, that was a good question I was going to bring up to you. Living in this time, how, you know, how is it for you sometimes when you're seeing all... It, it's, it's intense. The energy is intense. And there's this beautiful balance of like grace where because you know it's all a construct that is, is like created from the behaviors and the character or the lack of good character or the systems or the like, you know, the norms or whatever that it was that was created. So you understand it. And then you also have grace because that's really what you learn through love and through God. But at the same time, it's intense because you're just like, huh, like and it's in and it's it can be a lot. You know, how do, how does that feel for you? It's definitely a lot. I find as I have increased my self-awareness yes. to a degree where I really can catch like every moment that I'm like judging or one of the things that I want to double back on is that I think far too often people think that their intuition is clear when really their intuition is incredibly contaminated by their emotional programming. Yes which is a whole separate episode. Maybe that can be like episode 750. <laughs> um, we'll come back next week and do we'll another come one. Back. <laughs> so when we look at how intuition can get contaminated, we have to kind of go back and look at the architecture by which our brain kind of knows what things it can overlay on what might have actually started as a true intuitive hit. We're like, oh, wow, I need to pay attention to that person. Right. Let's say something sparked you to be like, there's something about that person I'm drawn to and I don't know why. Let's say you have some unresolved emotional healing around something mm -hmm. that kind of fits a similar character as that person. It's really easy for that to be like, oh, well, that person's not going to be trustworthy because this and this and this. If that person hasn't done the right work to actually really understand how all these things are patterned, they're going to go and be like, well, my intuition said to avoid that person. Right. right. We see that all the time. So. As I've gotten to the place where I've really like gotten in there, rolled up my sleeves, really deeply understood like every assumption that I make, every way I try to lie to myself, justify my own behavior, right? And just constantly take radical personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. It has also given me as much, if not more, empathy for everybody there else. There it is. Yeah. Because when you go through that process and you're like, wow, just when I thought, like I was really on the come up, like there's another thing that I just noticed. So 
where the empathy comes in is you start to see like these people aren't even trying to do anything right. that I'm doing. How on earth can I expect that like to hold them to a standard exactly. of doing things this other way? Like as until we as a society change the way we teach emotional intelligence, like we have to have empathy right. for everybody because people yeah. genuinely the average person doesn't even know how to pause and question their own thoughts. That is heartbreaking to me. If the idea that most people actually believe every thought that they have is actually soul crushing. Yeah. Because even me with all the work that I've done, I'll notice thoughts pop up where I'm like, ew, gross. Why would I think that? Whoa, <laughs> busy. You just want dark there. Like, mm -hmm. let's reel it back in. But I know those aren't me thinking. Right. The average person, let's even take it to like the average teen or tween, they don't understand that. Right. Like why we're not teaching that young, we literally could change our entire society, mm -hmm. which takes me all the way back to, it shows us that the whole system, like right. there's no way that we're the only people that know this. Right. So it leads us back to the system is essentially rigged in such a way that mental health is not prioritized. Right. They actually propel or put up into society these you know mental health people that are mentally ill some of the mental health instagram influencers that i am watching yeah. right now they are actually yeah. mentally ill like yeah. for real for real mentally ill and now they're actually pitching these ideas that are absolutely like dark intrusive thoughts trauma mm -hmm. wounds they are absolutely self-destructive mm -hmm. behaviors even like I won't even go there too deeply, but now this whole idea that like polyamory and drugs and experimentation, right. it's like it's like a weird twisted revival of the free love movement, but honestly, even more dark and twisty that now we have these people that are out there, you know, supposedly advocating for mental health, but they're parading around these lifestyles that are they're mentally ill. Yeah. So. It just shows us that we're in a system that is not ultimately wanting people to get better. We're wanting them to get worse. And if we want to change all that, there are a lot of different systems that essentially need this process that I think we're talking about because it's they're all interconnected. And if we're going to actually gather the people that are going to go in there and roll up their sleeves and really take a look at all the systems and how they need to be actually recreated, We've got a lot of work to do. And I do believe that it needs to be done in such a way that we're addressing multiple systems at the same time. It has to be. Yeah. There's a lot in there that you just said. There's a lot in there. You know, um, a big uh, focus of mine moving forward, and it's been something, and I would love to continue that conversation actually outside of this, but is reconstructing the education system, starting with five-year-olds to 12-year-olds. They already know everything they need to know before adults come in and basically say, as society collectively, here's how you should behave. Here are the jobs that matter. Here are all the things like, hi, we're robots and we'll tell you and exactly what to do. And them in multiple ways and they to don't, think and act a certain way. And without even, you know, and not without even putting blame or victimhood onto the whole situation. And look, it's just because generation, generationally they've been part of the system as well, too. And the idea is that if you can preserve the... Uh, the young child or young, you know, teen's soul um, for you already know, let's cultivate strong intuition, mental and spiritual health, strong nutrition and bodily understanding and health, <laughs> strong financial understanding and health, 
you know, all of these different uh, categories, you start to prop them up into um, having more confidence within their God-given abilities and talents. Nailed it. So they can use that to bring forward. And the other thing, too, is I laugh. Here's why I laugh at the system. I like not that I'd ever want to be face to face with like whoever is really, really like, you know, at, at some of those levels as we've, we've spoken about this I before. I want to sit at the table so, with those but I, I, but I, But I can actually, I can actually, if I was at the table with them, I can actually negotiate them to our side. Because technically... Unless they're actually Satan. <laughs> right. Well, then yeah, maybe that's not, you know, that, that wouldn't work. But the idea is that like... Here's the deal, doing, Yeah, right. <laughs> doing the right thing is actually the most profitable if I were to play to their own emotions, mm-hmm. which by the way, most people who create the system, they're the worst of all the emotional because they're doing everything out of fear, scarcity, greed, like every possible like worry, you know, or evil that they could possibly name them. But you can actually make... And here, I'll give you I'll give you a perfect example, right? I'll give you, this is just a, a random example. Let's take pharma, right? So pharma probably, you know, uh, might, uh, I don't know, hurt and harm millions and millions and millions of people every single year. Um, and, uh, you know, most people uh, will, will rather do uh, without it. Um, many people are addicted to it. There's a lot of like backlash. There's a lot of, you know, and they still make, you know, billions and, you know, close to their, their trillion mark. I can actually make a case for, and, and, and I get it because they're probably doing population control and a bunch of other like really messed up things along the way. Mm-hmm. Or, or just a thought, you could actually be into alternative care, preventative medicine, extend the lifeline of people, which I know might scare people, whatever, but extend of that group, extend the lifeline. Now you have more advocacy for it, more natural living, more prosperous living, more profit if you wanted to talk money with them than ever before because like they're now actually involved in things that sustain life and actually are actually worth way 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 more money than just like the small amount of people and then they're also handling even larger amounts of people globally versus like the ones that are just addicted to the you know to the meds and all that stuff mm-hmm. doing the right thing actually like conscious capitalism like doing the right thing actually does actually help everybody in the long haul and it's actually a very like good move business-wise and i've always thought that way but it's just interesting because the old paradigm says somebody wins and somebody loses Mm -hmm. and we only care about the bottom line i'm like but your bottom line can actually include doing the right thing but i think then you've just shown a light on that that's not actually their focus and there it is right and that's that's, that's the hard part to hear right because that's what you've been fed your whole life. Right. But if that were true, then that would be true. But that's yeah. not true. So, you know what I mean? And so that's why I think people have a, such a hard time with it, you know, and it's like, well, well, and then because then for that person, what would the argument be like? Well, no, they, 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 they do want well for us. I'm like, do they? Do they? Right? <laughs> do they? So then why don't we use these other things? I yeah. did a whole event, I think, in 2018 called Waking the Collective. Mm-hmm. And... The whole idea was actually mapping out all of these systems that exist that essentially need to be rebuilt and how they all interconnect together. And the way that God showed me the vision for it was if you have a person come into the hospital, for example, that has multiple wounds, Mm -hmm. before you start to address one or the other, you've got to figure out what wound is actually feeding the other wounds, right? So we really like mapped out on this huge whiteboard, like what are all the broken things in our world? 
and what are the things that are connected so people started going up and like drawing lines okay that connects to that that connects to that Mm -hmm. and then you kind of get to a point where you're like all right well what's the tie what's the thread that binds all of these together and you're like okay 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 and at a certain point you get to a place where the answer really reveals itself even if that's not what you were looking for or wanted to hear and the answer is that in general there is a a clear desire for us to be unwell mentally unhinged violent and divided that if there's one thing that you can look at consistently like for all of time those are the only consistents they don't want us to be healthy they don't want us to have our mental faculties about us they then if mental health if we're really looking at it mental health is the number one thing that they want to be disrupted because when you are mentally unwell you can be easily controlled you can be easily manipulated you can be easily primed then they can use that just like we're talking about to create chaos all around you and then and then be the solution easily comply like oh that sounds like a great solution it's like obviously that sounds like a great solution they've been priming you since you were zero years old into this thought process so that of course you're going to be like primed to reach for a every time that they agitate you in a way that they've already tested makes you reach for a so the ultimate reason is that they do want us mentally unwell so that we can be controlled and manipulated if we are healthy and even if it's profitable for them they ultimately can't control us in other ways right right so it it ends up being about control right it's always been about control and uh, the funny thing i said a little while ago too was that um isn't it interesting that uh you have a bunch of people who um are wanting to control who never really even had it to begin with because that's not how we come into this world we don't Mm -hmm. have that control in the first place something you said earlier about um the answers that people don't want to hear what i what i love about that is the reason most people self-included it happens all the time we can when we hear our intuition like no don't don't do that no don't touch that no don't go in that direction no don't do this the reason why we have such resistance is because of the previous programming instead of being cultivated from a very young age outside mm-hmm. the system of just trusting that instinct because the fact of the matter is is that that is actually saving your ass what it's doing is it's just saying look like i'm just saying it's not to say that you won't have the joy that comes with that thing is that there's a better version of that thing that's healthier for you should you listen to me and go in this direction instead. We as humans make it very complex because we're um, human beings in short-term desires and pleasures, lower body types of just like, just I want it, whether it's the money or the relationship or the whatever, the title, the job, the, the thing, the material world, physical world thing, result versus the intuition being like, the guidance system saying, you know I've got something better for you. Or God being like, you know, I got something better for you. Like, I know what you want. And that's fine. It's natural to want these things. But like, don't make it complicated. I'm trying to protect you and instead move you in a direction that is just more for you. Like, you're meant to have more ease. You're making it more complicated because you're trying to control it. And I, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. And so it's it's an interesting internal dialogue, if you will, because you're like one of the things that I said coming into this year was a very major focus was, um, you know, how you pick a word every year, like, you know, that that kind of whole thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, uh, For anybody listening, the idea is like you pick a word of the year. It's kind of more like your guidance of, you know, instead of saying like all these goals and all this other stuff, it's like, no, am I abiding by, you know, and following through on my word, that thing. Mine was uh, surrender to God's word Mm -hmm. and move. You hear it. You do it. 
Mine was, let, mine literally was God moves. Yeah. <laughs> there you two. go. So like, let me, let me, and so you know, like, yeah. oh, so far the first quarter was brutal. <laughs> the moving nonstop. Like, well, because it's, it, you, look, it's the idea of staying committed and being like, did you just say what I, okay, you did just say that. Like, no. you like, you know, you turn to like the person, turn to the deal, turn to the business, turn to the thing. You're like, I'm going to have to decline. <laughs> you know, but, but. That's where you take back your own internal power. And that's how practicing it does make it smoother. It gets a little rocky in the beginning, but it does become smoother. And that relationship and that practice with your intuition makes it so you're you're having to justify not only to yourself less, but to the outside world less at the reasons why you are making the choices that you're making. And in fact, if anything, even the people who you're, if in any case, like, uh, especially like in a business deal or something like that are like rejecting, they even can like <laughs> feel like your, your goodness about it. Like, oh, I think I would have done that too. And you're like, you're the one who proposed the idea. <laughs> you know? So like, yeah. it's interesting leading by example and why tapping into God and tapping into our, our intuition and, you know, and really practicing the thing that we hear that we feel and know. But you also brought up a good point earlier trusting yourself that that's the intuition and the in the voice and in god and not the emotions kicking in and being like, and like i'm gonna drop some keys on right, that well right that. and i want you to do I, so really there's a perfect example uh, uh, a kid that I, I studied torah with uh, well he's like a young rabbi in school and whatnot mm-hmm. we were talking about the the good wolf bad wolf a tale of two wolves inside of you right mm-hmm. and we were talking and he says okay so you know what what how do you know which wolf is going to show up in a given situation is it the good wolf or is it the bad wolf and i said well it depends on what you're doing when the situations aren't happening like how are you which one are you cultivating more so let me give you a perfect example which is like the yetzahara in judaism right the evil inclination mm-hmm. right yeah. or you know the devil in in christianity and whatnot so if you are cultivating more of the bad wolf a business deal comes along and um basically really tries to coax you into it and something feels slightly off but it is enticing you in ways that you couldn't possibly imagine and you're you're strongly contemplating it and there's nothing that's like really stopping you from it right and you know and i said like to this to this young man i said and like maybe it's like you're um you're needing the money right now you're whatever it is right and you're like but i really need like this is a 10k a month or a 20k a month scenario whatever it might be and so you can almost kind of find ways to justify it I was like, at the same time, let's say a deal of a lifetime that makes sense, line with your values, align with your purpose. It feels right. But at the same time, the bad wolf can also make a good situation look bad and a bad situation look good. That's why how we cultivate the good wolf versus the bad wolf. Like if we cultivate our good wolf in the off season, if you will, mm-hmm. that's what helps us make better decisions. Because I was like, because you can be in the good, a good situation. The bad wolf goes, I don't know about these people. I don't really know. And so we start to be cross our wires on when is something good for us and when is something bad for us. Because often at times if we're cultivating a bad wolf on a regular and we don't even realize it. We're swip, We're flipping the switch on like why we say yes to the things we shouldn't and why we say no to the things we should. But if in the off season we're constantly in, rooted in prayer and meditation and God and gratitude and all these things and we're constantly tapping in and, and learning practices to trust ourselves and to like cultivate the intuition and like all these things, then when the activity happens or the thing comes about, then the whatever wolf we cultivate in this case the good wolf will kick in and say you know what something feels off about you guys i'm not going to actually also like you know chastise you or give you a hard time or anything i'm just going to 
politely just say no and, and feel good about it and, and move confidently. And then when the good thing comes in, you'd be like, thank you. Uh, that's exactly what I was looking for. It feels perfectly aligned and I can trust it because it's already been in the, in the energy of what I've been trusting within myself. So now your wires are not crossed. Amen to that. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so, so one of the things that I think goes perfectly with what you're just talking about that I think is a big key and a lot of people misunderstand the nature of these two things and often mm -hmm. I think confuse them. So instinct and intuition are very, very different. In fact, I would argue that instinct and intuition are actually the bad wolf, good wolf. Mm. So a lot of people will use that language instinct when if we think about what instinct actually is, it's a survival mechanism. Yeah, there you go. So instinct is reflexive, right? Instinct, if you think about an animal, it's like as soon as an animal that's bigger than them comes into their space, right? Like they you can't even... React. But they, they react, right? They right. Their body immediately goes into a protective posture, stance like, well, I've got to hold my ground. So the reality is that instinct chemically in the body often functions in opposition to intuition. Mm. So while your body might be like, your intuition might be like, no, actually, this is the person that I've brought to you for this very moment in time. There you go. And if you haven't done the work to be able to meet that instinctive message to react out of safety and security at a fear stimulus, you're not going to be able to take action on the intuition. So I mm. think really, truly understanding that one of the things that we actually have to do to be able to keep acting out of intuition is to learn our instinctive pattern and where that's actually blocking us from obediently listening to God. Because mm. often what God's called us to do is is completely above and beyond anything that you're actually right. credentialed for. Right. It's nothing that exists on your resume. To your point the other day, I was laughing so hard when you posted about that because I talk about that all the time. But your instinct would kick in and be like, you know, well, that situation, you know, right? right. It kind of puts on the brakes, manages distance. It's trying to keep you safe and protected. Whereas the intuition's like, no, I got this. Like, you can let your nervous system chill. Like, right. we're, we're here for the right reasons and we're doing the right thing. And the same is true. Instinct is going to want in that safety or survival reflex is going to want the money. It's going to want the security. It's going right. to want the, like, monthly, oh, monthly recurring revenue. And this other guy's like... You know, it's the perfect, to your example, like the perfect thing. It feels so aligned, but it's like, but I won't be able to pay you for the first six months. It's like, you know, intuition might be like, oh, absolutely. Take the non-paying gig for six months. And your right. instinct is like, what? We can't afford that. Right. Which kind of leads me to, I think, really the last point in this whole sort of instinct intuition arc. I think people don't realize that one of the best tests of true intuition and whether you're really, truly walking with God, at least from my life experience, 60 to 80% of what God is telling you to do, you're like, I'm sorry, you want me to do what? I know, right? <laughs> you know, it's not like I think people keep thinking like the like intuition's going to have this like, you know, sweet, like a wind chime comes and it's going to be right. like, see your best dreams are right. going to come true tomorrow. That's not, that's not right. how at least my experience has been of walking with God. It's always the thing that makes you want to like, you know, again, the instinct wants to kick in and be like, oh, I don't think we're qualified for this or I don't think we can do this. And God's right. like, no, I got you. Like you just keep taking the steps. You keep trusting the process because intuition if it doesn't scare you a little bit or oppose what your human wants, you're probably not hearing from right. God. Right. That's actually a that's such a brilliantly well put point because that's actually how I know. Because I'm like, oh, 
that's pretty big. (laughs) Like, like, especially lately, I've been feeling it so much more. I'm like, yeah, I hear you. I'm like, just let me catch my breath for a second. (laughs) Um, But it's the uh, but you also brought up the relief of God didn't ask us to have to know how he just asked us to follow. And let's take the stress away and reduce the nervous system meltdown of having control over all the answers and just enjoy the process of becoming to fulfill the order you know and that goes hand in hand with this whole idea you've had about i wish i could get my hands on like the five to twelve year olds because we actually teach them that they need outside books and information to know i think that's ultimately one of the biggest problems that we're dealing with is that that isn't how you need to know most people, I would say if we like went out on the streets in Old Town and did a poll, most people probably don't believe that you can actually know academic information without reading a book. And I'm here to tell you, you absolutely can. That's mm-hmm. my whole my whole life. That's how my life has been. As I've been able to let God speak to me, oh, that's how you do this. This is how that works. So, I mean, even down to like engineering of things where it's like, there's no way that I could know that if right. God wasn't telling me, oh, like, here's the blueprint. Right. It's so a, we have to reprogram that in kids because that's an ability that I know I'm not the only one that has, but that's what we're supposed to have as a collective. I was once told by, um, you know, a very uh, spiritual uh, mentor, rabbi, you know, he's like, oh, that's why you, you know, he was tapped into something. He's like, that's why you've been giving the advice that you've been giving, you know, since, you know, your youth. And I'm like, huh. And it's true. It's like where were, I wasn't, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, you know, um, a counselor. Not a guidance counselor. I'm not a credentialed, which, by the way, it, it, to your exact point, you know, even with the education system, it's like, so if I'm hearing you correctly in the education system, and I went all the way through the education system, and so I saw it, I'm like, you're all, you're teaching consistent paradigm behavior all across the board when everybody is a custom fit from God. Uh, how's that working out? It doesn't. And it doesn't. And so we've, formed a society around credentials, titles, and every other metric you can imagine, you know, in order to be proven and validated, uh, which has been like something I've been back on a tear again lately. And it's because um, your gifts don't need to be credentialed. Amen. With <laughs> so like, many exclamation points. You know what I mean? Like your gifts just don't need to be credentialed. And so like, why have you been able to give, you know, advice and, and understand certain things that you've just been given since you were, you know, young? You know, so so your natural intuition of knowing how to move on something and not dealing with traumas versus maybe and, and nothing, by the way, anybody listening, not to take away from the person, the medical degree or like the, the education totally. and, and, the, and the journey or the person who like they overcame their own traumas, which is why they wanted to become a psychologist, which is why they wanted all these other things. But like, did you ever start to think that there might be people who didn't go through the same things as you that just naturally understood something? They just didn't choose that profession, but they can give advice, you know, from a very understanding knowing place because intuitively they just know so here's i would say another perspective to look at the problem so if you understand how priming works in the brain you know that when you're primed with something it actually will put blinders on and it will limit a data set that your brain is able to perceive cognitive dissonance at its finest after that absolutely so essentially what the education system does is that it continues to building block that priming so that you know somebody without the credentials or somebody that has not just read 
you know, these hundred books that right. all psychiatrists read or these right. hundred books that all psychologists cannot read. be trusted. <laughs> when information presents itself and you're actually letting God speak to you and through you about how to actually solve this problem like now, current now, not like, you know, 200 years ago, not 50 years ago, like right now in this moment, you're not primed to argue with God. You're not primed to be like, well, that doesn't match the APA or that doesn't match so-and-so's hierarchy of what the fuck. Right. Okay. So when you're going through this, some of the things that I've actually landed on in the mental health space are completely groundbreaking that even when psychiatrists and doctors and clinical social workers come to break, they're like, like what the fuck busy like yeah. what well they weren't oh taught my that God. they weren't taught that in but school but they also but they know enough to know that it's true but exactly. they're like for you to get there is just right. like they literally just sit there like with their jaw on the floor and i'm like listen i'm not i'm special but i'm not special there should actually be more people in society functioning the way I do. But we've got that whole like Agent Smith effect where it's like, well, you can't do that without the credentials. You can't do that without right. the whatever three letter or the thing outcast. at the end of it, right? You become the outcast because of that. And the reality is that for us to change all these systems, we can't be primed to only see in the construct right. of the old system. We're literally right. like our brain will hide the solutions from us. You know how I came across a lot of this? The irony was, so I went at a, I'm 43 as of today. <laughs> no, like Happy I, birthday. Thank you, thank you. And uh, at 34, when I first started, um, just questioning a lot of other things at the, at the next level of that, you know, of life and speaking with a, a couple of rabbis and then just diving into the spirituality, I would start to ask questions and then start to um, take information from God through me into these conversations. And um, it would be interesting because some rabbis or even some of the younger ones that were learning or even just spiritual teachers in general, they were like, it's interesting, you're, you're, you're basically referencing such and such from the Bible. You're referencing such and such from the Torah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, I didn't, I don't understand. <laughs> sure. I didn't understand yeah. that. And even as of recent, especially a lot, um, when I, when I do the, the Sunday Torah sessions with, with Ellie and we're talking, he goes, oh, that he's like, he, the joke is they're always calling, everybody's always calling me rabbi. But like, I don't understand. I, I didn't study. I'm not a, I'm not a Torah or a Bible, Bible scholar. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how we can, that, that's how I, I was always constantly thinking of how information does come through us. And how we can regurgitate it out um, without, you know, I didn't go to yeshiva, I, you know, I didn't go to, you know, Christian school, or you know, I didn't go to any of these like these um, educational platforms for spirituality and religion. But it seems like the more we tap into our intuition and our knowing, and with God, we we know, it just shows you we innately know. But it's just an interesting thing when, when you know, whenever and I hear Ellie say like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, that's uh, from such and such. Or he's like, yes, Rabbi. Yes, Rabbi. You know, and here he's in yeshiva <laughs> studying. The kid is studying, you know, and he's got incredible lessons. And and, and, we, and it's interesting because I even then get to sometimes and he's very graceful about it. I even get to sometimes question some of the things that, that come up that are even taught because of like when we take it to the level of God and not the construct of man mm -hmm. or any kind of maybe a little bit of rigidity. Plus, a lot of times people understand things only literally when it's written out. The literal, mm -hmm. you know, like even like fearing God. And I think that's a very and that's a very tough thing for a lot of people because um, like the fear is more of like God loves you no matter what. You can make really like wrong decisions. I mean, and I might be pushing some people's buttons on this one. But like the idea is that you can God loves you no matter what. 
you can do the wrong thing, you can do the right thing, whatever you come and you can you're you're loved. And um but obviously God would want the better things for you, but that was the point of free will, like is that it's more of fear of making choices that don't align with God. And really that, God fearing actually it doesn't mean what people think. Right. That's that exactly it, means, it. It means God fearing is having such a clear understanding of God that the idea of sinning or doing something bad is like disgusting. To right. You. Like, 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 think of like I a would father, never, a like father. I would never because it's disrespectful. It's right. like psh, I know who my father right. is like I would never. That's exactly it. Think of that. your father or your spouse. Like I love that person. If we had to humanize it, I love that person so much. Like the thought of doing the wrong thing like makes me feel that like I, I could never like it's so it's about affecting my own choices because I would never want to disrespect the gift that that is, you know, it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things in how people choose to walk with God or have a relationship with God to remember that God is so multifaceted. Right. If someone's programmed to only see like God, the rebuking, like disciplinarian father and they miss that God can also be your friend. God can be your spiritual advisor, right? There's so many different capacities that God can show up in your life. Knowing how to move accurately with God in the right season or trend of your life, you have to know what God is showing up to you. Yes. Right? Like, is this, am I getting rebuked right now because I went against my intuition knowingly and was like, God, wait a second, I have some human things to deal with, right? Because then you've got to show up in a very different posture with how you're dealing with god if god's showing up as holy spirit to guide you through to something that's like super innovative like then you're in like collaborative space you're not like in a humble like i i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah. you know and if it's a friend it's somebody like the friend the comforter like trying to walk you through something not that god could ever be your peer but if ever there was a way for god to kind of soften and be like yeah. hey i get it you know <laughs> like, yeah i totally got god you. has all those all of those abilities to show up in your life and people just keep like only isolating god to this one thing and that's probably right. why those people are missing when it got magic. separated at some point god got separated from from people in terms of like but no like it's god is not separated from us and i think that can when you start be. to bring it can never be and and so you know i've um the the guilt that people have and i understand it you know it's like um, they made choices that were, that ended up like, oh, God's testing me. I'm like, well, God's not really testing you. That's not how it works. You made some choices, but God might be just there waiting for you. And you'd be like, you know what, God, like I messed up. Can, can you help me? Yes, finally. I was hoping you were going to ask, you know, mm -hmm. and then they flip the, the reverse too, is sometimes people are doing so well because they're just, you know, they're within their, their principles and the things, but they still forget to ask God like, Hey, can I have more to help expand this? Yeah, they actually also feel awesome. guilty for more abundance as well too so i found that two reasons people fear asking god for help one because they made so such a bad mistake that it's like oh my god like you know but god's like no like of course i'd love to show up and show you how i can help you thank you for asking yeah. and we're doing really well and feel guilty about doing well that we shouldn't be asking and god's like no i, I want, <laughs> I you, to want you to have more that was the whole point yeah. and isn't it great that you keep coming to me as a source right yeah so on that note <laughs>
So we're at, uh, oh wow, we're at a uh, 111. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect place. There you go. Um, what do you, so you've got Break Live uh, this weekend. What do, you, what do you have coming up? What do you want to talk about real quick? And So Break Live is this weekend. Uh, we run Break as a four semester course, mm-hmm. four times a year. Our next one starts in June, but it's pretty much like every season at the beginning of the season. So go check it out at breakmethod.com. We also have a 30-day workbook that you can do self-paced. It's definitely not like the whole of Break Method, but it's a great taste tester. Mm. So that's something that you can get at theselfstudy.com. And then for all the people that are really looking to tap into more the business counsel, but via God actually speaking into your business and showing you what or how to like kind of fortify the vision that you originally had rather than lean to like what this course says or what that person says. That really is, I think, kind of the bulk of what I'm really into this year. And that's all on busygold.com. So all my prophetic business counsel is there. And I also have my stay in your lane business course, which Mm. is a four module. It's about 15 hours of content that's really kind of built around that tattoo worthy brand book philosophy of how to how to just be really true and authentic to the vision that you received rather than trying to be like the industry standard so that you can not only stand out, but stand sustainably for the rest of your career. I like it. The anti-industry standard. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> that's, a, that's it. There's right your there. tagline. You're the anti-industry standard. That's it so, right there. Trademarking, trademarking. Go, go trademark it. Go call under. Okay. <laughs> I'm on it. So yeah, busy, busygold.com, busygold. theselfstudy.com, and breakmethod.com. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. And, you know, we'll do round Love three. It. Let's not wait a few years. I mean, if we want to do like a few months or something like that, Let's I think that there's, uh, there's a few different... Um, uh, mini episodes or not mini but like subtopics Subtopic. of this episode the one that i said to circle back to that one's a whole rabbit hole yeah how the ai yeah. algorithm actually deprioritizes things that are truly created by god i mean we literally could do like a three-hour segment on that you know I, I, <laughs> let, let's let's do that I, let's uh i think i'm gonna reference that as the title too um because it that's how I knew too, because you can see it happening. Like, especially when like, and it's, and it's interesting even watching, even if you had to use like in the physical world use case, like I'm noticing with some of the most authentic ones I know are like, it's weird. Like, this is really good stuff. And for some reason, it's like the algorithm is like almost being suppressed. And they're not even into within the politics or any of that. So any of the, even the cancel stuff, they're just like, and I'm like, yes, I understand. It's true. You know, it's 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 actually true. So it's a very interesting thing, which um, tests us in such a beautiful manner um, to to continue on with our own work and continue making sure we stay outside the system while understanding how to play it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I was just thinking, actually, for that episode, it might be interesting for you and I both to pull a few case studies of brands that we feel like these guys had it. And we're clearly suppressed because yeah. I think I think we could find those ones so that's, easy. That's a good challenge. I think that's what we'll do. That's a really good challenge. And then maybe we can even fi- reach out to their founders and have I just saw a whole thing like turn into a whole panel discussion. Yeah. <laughs> like we were right doing there. some research. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that exists. That's awesome. Done and done. Uh, OK, so for everybody listening, busygold.com, breakmethod.com. What was the other one? TheSelfStudy.com. TheSelfStudy.com. Uh, I will be speaking at Break Live tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. And, um, you know, you guys um, you guys can reach out to Busy. 
on, uh, you know, DM her. I always tell you guys, like, you know, everybody gets a little busy. So if she doesn't respond right away, uh, it's probably because, you know, she's, you know, a mom of four, I'm a wife. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You are pretty good. I'll yeah. probably send you a voice memo though on Instagram. I'm yeah. not much of a typer, but if yeah. I can like hit that it. record yeah. button while having a baby in my hand, I'll hit you back. Right. Right. That, I think it, and it's, it's good because it's, uh, short enough to hit home. Uh, you know, and long enough because you're not typing out a novel. <laughs> it's basically how Absolutely. I look at voice text. That's oh, you know. So, and anybody that fought me on voice text in the beginning, they usually come around. They're like, "Man, I love this." I'm like, "Yeah, now you get it." <laughs> they do. At first, they're like, "Are you just trying to be colossally obnoxious?" <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, I totally get this." So, but anyways, for everybody listening, uh, listen. Absolutely appreciate and love you guys. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for constantly downloading and the ratings and the reviews. It means a lot. And, um, you know, thank you, you know, also for supporting all the people that come on this podcast as well, too, because we're in here. We're doing the work. It's a lot of work. It's twice the work these days. And, um, you know, we're we're open. So if you need anything, just reach out. You just ask. And, uh, you know, we're we're truly, truly, truly grateful. Um, the millions of downloads um, all happen because of you guys. And here we are six, seven years later. So thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to follow Busy on instagram at busy gold at busy gold b-i-z-z-i-e and uh busygold.com and that'll lead to all of her other brands uh for myself uh mag osmond for hustle sold separately we are out oh.